TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozalik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Waslick. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And today we have a really fun episode planned because recently in the practice, we've had our friend Steve coming in teaching the three of us how to make kombucha. And it's a bit of a confusing process. So we decided to actually have him come on the show so that we could actually just record his instructions so that he didn't have to keep telling us over and over how to make kombucha. So Steve's a really cool guy. His partner, Sarah, is the personal trainer at our practice. Um, he's wearing a t-shirt today that says, no grain, no pain. We love it. Oh, we absolutely <laughs> love Steve. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, guys. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Steve? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, uh, I am a paleo as well, and uh, my journey really started... Uh, when I hit 18 and the body starts to put weight on and um, I've always uh, struggled with weight loss I didn't really know how to make sense of all the information that was out there there was no best practice you could simply follow and and be guaranteed success and uh, it all really culminated when I uh, lived and worked over in the Philippines for three months and uh, we had a living away from home allowance that allowed us to eat out and uh, we did so and we ate a lot of uh, American restaurants and I came back uh, about just under 100 kilograms and uh, I'm about 6'1 so for me um, that was too much and so I really came back with a, uh, a no excuses attitude I could control my diet when I was back in Australia and I, deci- I decided to start researching better nutrition and uh, I came uh, across again and I say again because a, a CrossFit friend of mine tried to introduce me to payload pay- about eight years ago and um, along with my girlfriend Sarah we decided to do a 30-day challenge and I was at about uh, I'd already lost some weight getting back and I'd plateaued for about three months where I hadn't lost any weight and so we got onto the 30-day challenge and uh, managed to drop about six kilos Uh, so I thought there's got to be something to this um, my goal weight was to hit uh, 81 kilos, and uh, I, which was the lightest I'd ever weighed since I was 18. And uh, I ended up getting down to about 75 kilos, which is uh, where I sort of hover around now. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, now, sort of moving on, uh, we're always interested in uh, 30-day challenges and, and what we can do to get towards that that better optimum health which I guess is what brings me here today yeah it's cool and and, and I've been highly inspired by Steve and Sarah I've just done my first two months in a row of 30 day challenges and I've really loved it I did first the whole 30 and then uh, last month I did a a squat challenge for 30 days and it's just been fantastic so I I really for me that works really well doing that sort of thing I find it pushes the boundaries and it's really cool it's a good Mm. way that you can try things out and then take along with you and integrate into your lifestyle because you've tried them for the 30 days. And I find that's what's really cool about it. Yep, absolutely. So um, we're going to, as Steph said, talk about kombucha today. 
Um, and so kombucha is a uh, fermented food which helps us to replenish our gut flora. So we've spoken briefly before about gut flora. Um, there's definitely some ways that in modern society we end up with less gut flora than we should do and we've decided we're going to do an entire episode on gut flora and gut health and probiotics. So today we're just really going to fo focus on the kombucha but just a really quick aside as to um, some ways that we can find that we've got less gut flora than we should. Um, I suppose the first one is the way that we come into the world and a lot of children these days are coming into the world in a way that's not quite as natural and that require, uh, requires or involves a lot of sterilization and uh, um, for instance you know a cesarean section means that the child doesn't pass through the normal passage and pick up all of the gut flora along the way that they're supposed to. Um, I believe that it's Dr. James Chestnut yet again uh, one of my favorite chiropractor and, and he's, uh, his quote is that um, uh, probably the most important meal you ever have is the bacteria you pick up along your uh, birth okay. canal so, or your birth trip. So um, that's one way. Uh, certainly antibiotics is a huge way that we see a reduction in our gut flora. Um, and I can speak from personal experience. I had about 13 years of taking antibiotics you know, a couple of times a year and, and to the point where I was having it almost every day and that was the advice that I got given for a health issue I'd had. Um, so certainly that's a way that a lot of people get depleted. I haven't had antibiotics in eight years now, which is awesome, but I still know that I've got a, a lack of uh, gut flora, so I'm excited to get this kombucha <laughs> on and get it happening. Um, acidic foods, they also tend to affect our gut flora. We've also got chlorinated water that sterilizes your gut as it goes through, as well as alcohol. So like I said, I probably rabbited on a bit too much there, but let's get into the kombucha and, and a bit more information about what's going on there. Yeah, and I'm super excited to be talking about this because I've been going through this process with Steve over the last couple of weeks, and honestly, I'm just loving it. It's it's actually kind of reminding me of when I used to have a bonsai, <laughs> and it's like this little thing that I'm growing, and I like talk to it and sing to it, and like you know, <laughs> to make sure it's all like, like check it every day. Like I, I actually check it ridiculously often to make sure it's going okay. So it's it's really cute. It's, it's hilarious. Actually, I'm a, I'm a little bit excited. So Steve, let's start from the start. Like if if people want to do this, they want to create this kombucha. What do they need? What do they, what do they need? To to get to get started well it's you need a, a, a few things um, the thing I want to start off with though guys is that this is a really simple uh, process uh, and and way to make your kombucha you know I never I, I had sea monkeys and I couldn't get them to grow <laughs> I, I, I uh, didn't do well in science you know like I could certainly put my finger in the petri dish to contribute the bacteria but uh, that was about as far as I went so um, what you'll need to get started so um, most importantly you'll need a SCOBY uh, which uh, is an acronym for a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast and that's the thing that looks like a, a silicon pancake or as uh, as Brett said it's uh, it kind of feels like squid um, <laughs> when, you, when you see one in the jar and we've got a, a jar of it here it kind of looks like a squid and a flounder had a really boring child <laughs> so I think that's probably the best way to explain it but you'll need a SCOBY and, and we'll talk a little bit more about where you can get those from um, you'll also need with that which usually comes with it some kombucha starter liquid um, and this is just kombucha tea that's already been fermented it's kind of like you're kindling for a fire uh, you'll need a, a quarter of a cup uh, per liter of organic tea uh, and you can use black tea uh, green tea white tea or yerba mate which uh, i think has a bit of caffeine in so if you're looking for a bit of a kick 
Uh, and you can feel free to experiment with your herbal teas there as well, but it's just really important that you uh, avoid the, uh, the teas with um, added oils uh, or that have had flavors and so forth added to them. Get them as natural and organic as possible. So, sorry, paint that picture again. You've got how much liquid to start with the kombucha starter? Yes, so for the starter liquid, you wanna have uh, 100 milliliters per liter. Of, so that's of about water of of starter liquid, yes. So a per, and the um, the tea is uh, what makes up the rest. Okay, so you have the whole thing's full of tea, and then a hundred milliliters per liter. Correct. Cool. Yep. So if you're going to have two liters uh, in your final batch that you make, then obviously that'll be 200, 200 mils of starter liquid. Wonderful. Uh, you'll also need a plastic strainer, um, and it's it's important to ensure it's not metal because uh, this plays around with the the benefit of the kombucha. Uh, you'll need a plastic funnel, a wooden or plastic spoon, uh, not metal again, uh, one glass jar or one large glass jar with a large opening at the top. And I like to say this is what your your brew will sit in. So I like to say about two liters or, or larger to make it worthwhile. I've got a six liter jar at home. Uh, a separate uh, smaller heat proof jar for brewing your, your tea in which you can pour boiling water into. Uh, you also need a piece of fabric to cover the opening of your large jar and uh, I, just, I just use chucks uh, that comes on a roll or you can use uh, muslin cloth uh, which is common as well. Some sort of thin towel then. Yeah, there's it's something to help, help, help it breathe because yeah. it produces gas during the fermenta fermentation process. Um, you'll also need a quarter of a cup uh, of sugar per liter of kombucha that you're making um, and this can include uh, refined white sugar evaporated cane juice uh, brown sugar uh, glucose or fructose uh, fructose syrup um, molasses and honey um, but ensure that your honey is pasteurized um, and I was really surprised by this because uh, you know in paleo we really uh, don't like to uh, have any sugar whatsoever um, but this thing is a this thing is a, a bacteria it's a culture and it's not going to be fussy about the sugar that you use so you can just go to the store and buy the the cheapo um, sugar if you wish um, just buy a kilo of that and you can use that which is just as fine yeah, it's kind of like your body, isn't it? Like, you put lots of bad sugars into your body, you're going to grow lots of bugs. And it's kind of the same here. Like, they just feed on the junk and don't mind at all. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, and also, just to round off what you'll need, um, is plenty of filtered water. So, enough to get your brew on the go. And uh, also, bottles or jars um, for bottling the kombucha once it's brewed. And uh, if you can get some airtight ones, that's a bonus. So, how sterilized does everything have to be? Look, I, I've read that everything should be, uh, you know, put in boiling water or, or sterilized in that respect. I'll be honest and say that I really just washed mine with a tiny bit of detergent and just rinsed it really well. And um, that's, that's sufficient, I think. Hmm. Nice. All right. So now what? <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll, jump, I'll jump straight into the method. So uh, what, what you want to do is uh, lay all the stuff out that, that I've advised uh, just previously. Um, get some uh, filtered water on the boil and um, you want to have your uh, smaller heat-proof jar on the ready. Um, whilst you're waiting for the, the kettle to boil, um, put your sugar and tea into the smaller heat-proof jar. 
Um, so if you're making one litre of kombucha tea, then you'll add that quarter of a cup of organic tea and a quarter cup of sugar. Uh, obviously, that's your formula for one litre. So if you're making uh, four litres, then you're going to have a cup of sugar and a cup of tea. Um, just be careful when you're boiling, boiling water, when you're pouring the boiling water straight into um, the smaller glass container, um, because if that's a really cold temperature, it can cause it to crack or, or even in worst case scenario, explode. So <laughs> I just put mine in the sink and, and sort of pour it in super slow so it has time to, to adjust. Um, once the boiling water's been added to the tea and the sugar, um, give it a good stir until all of the sugar is dissolved and um, you can just pick it up and have a look underneath and make sure that it's all dissolved in that respect. And can you use a metal spoon or something for that? Or is that where your, your wooden you, spoon You can is? at this stage still use the, the metal spoon for sure. Um, you want to, once the sugar's dissolved, uh, allow it to all sit um, there in that jar until it uh, cools down to room temperature. And uh, you can let it steep with the organic tea in there for that period of time. And that can take hours. It's, it's really um, not going to be detrimental if you create a strong brew. Uh, you then want to take your larger jar and um, pour the uh, kombucha starter liquid in before you transfer the other liquid. So pour your starter kombucha liquid into your large jar and then place your SCOBY into that large jar. And if it does have a, a brighter side uh, to the SCOBY, place the brighter side facing upwards uh, because it will become darker on the underside. And it's, it's worth saying, like, the SCOBY is pretty strong, isn't it? Like, you can just grab it and move it around. Like, it's, you, I, I was thinking it was going to be kind of flimsy or, like, I had to be really careful with it. But it's, like, it's quite a rigid sort of rubbery thing. It is. It, rubbery is a good way to put it. It's pretty robust. Um, so if you've, uh, if you've got one from a friend or you've ordered one, you know, you can fold it, fold it almost in half to be able to get it into the big jar. Um, you don't have to be too, too precious. Just ensure that you give your hands a good, a good wash with regular <laughs> soap before you do it so that there's uh, less risk of contamination. Uh, once you've got your SCOBY and your starter liquid uh, in the larger jar, it's time to strain uh, your tea, which should be at room temperature. And uh, you can use your plastic strainer if you've got loose leaf tea and just pour it into the larger jar, or if you've got tea bags, just pull them out. And um, your SCOBY may float to the top at this stage, but if it doesn't, this is okay. It's, uh, it's, it's not necessary, but the SCOBY through the fermentation process with what it does to the sugar does generate gas, and there are some small bubbles that form under the SCOBY, which then has it uh, eventually at some stage float to the top if it can, if, you, if your jar's big enough. Uh, once you've poured everything in all together, um, you basically cover the, the mouth of the jar with your piece of cloth uh, and also put a rubber band around it to secure it in place as well so that uh, no bugs or anything will fly in. And um, your fermentation time that you want to let it sit for on average, which it does depend on the climate you're in, uh, is around about seven days from start to finish for the full fermentation. Um, at, when you're coming up towards the end of that seven days, you can uh, stick a stick a plastic or a wooden spoon in there and give it a bit of a stir around and taste it to see if uh, if it's ready. Now, uh, sorry, I just got to stop you there because it looks like a science experiment. So you, <laughs> so you actually you're sure that we can taste it when it looks like just that. just avoid the uh, the chunky bits. Just gagging. No, I'm not gagging. It's gonna be delicious. So we should, so we should like be chewing on like the 
rubbery scope. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not... it's not gonna hurt you, trust me. It's just it's just kind of weird. Um, but it's it's all good in your guts. It's that, that beneficial bacteria. So uh, you will come to be better with it. Um, and yeah, you can give it, give it a try. Uh, you'll also notice that towards that seven days, if you stick your nose in there, it'll have a, a sort of a slightly astringent smell uh, coming up to more of like your apple cider vinegar is what it will ta- uh, smell like. Which is what the practice smells like now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, uh, you become quite fond of it. Yeah. And uh, just, just be mindful um, that when you are going to give it a taste and check on it in that, those days leading up to the seven days, keep an eye out for any spots that might be on there that are a bit furry looking we've all seen mold on old food in the in the fridge um, and this can look like a green yellow or black spots um, you may get some brown or black spots that are part of the scoby and part of the fermentation process but mold uh, on the scoby is a bad sign and unfortunately it needs to be binned if it gets to that stage along with the liquid but just keep an eye out for that so you're not tasting it uh, despite being able to see that are there some um, have you come across some pictures online of people taking photos of that so you can recognize definitely that? definitely cool. and uh, if you jump on and have a look at uh, professor wikipedia you'll see on the <laughs> kombucha page there for wikipedia that they've got uh, a picture of some mold spores uh, that have come on top and just in regards to the fermentation like you said approximately seven days like what happens or how do you know and what happens if it goes too short and like how do you know and what happens to it if it goes too long yeah sure good question uh, the best thing you can do is go out and buy some commercially made kombucha I'm not sure if we're allowed to say like brand names but in, in Australia we've got some <laughs> and I'm a really big fan of Mojo kombucha yeah, uh, which nice. you can buy in a lot of uh, health food stores I'd like hit them up for a sponsorship or yeah, something. yeah <laughs> so now for sure and uh, I've spoken to them uh, at, our, at our health food store and they're really great people and they do a really great job sourcing um, the best scobies they can by scientifically testing them. So um, go and grab some commercially available kombucha, give it a taste, and that'll that'll give you a bit of an idea of what to expect. Now, obviously, homemade stuff is always a little bit different. Yours might be a little bit stronger at home. Um, but that's a good idea to get your palate uh, used to what you should be expecting. Um, you'll know if it's not quite ready uh, because it is still a little bit too sweet. The, the sugar hasn't fully uh, been uh, converted yet. Um, likewise, if you've let it go too far, it'll be a little bit too astringent, kind of like apple cider vinegar or, or right. vinegar, which is where it goes to. Sorry, it's still okay to drink at that point because I quite like apple cider vinegar. Yes, it is still okay to drink at that cool. point. Right. Anyway. So I'm going to say I tried ours last week because we've just done our first batch. And I think Steve said that because it was our first batch and we're developing the scoby that it maybe tasted a bit different. But it was giving me massive flashbacks to when I was younger. Like for me, it reminded me exactly of like the cheap, nasty, fruity Lexia wine that we used to drink out of goon bags when we were younger. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's revealing a bit too much about myself. But <laughs> is that kind of like normal? Or that, you said that that was maybe a bit stronger than usual yeah that that's uh the, the kombucha if left to ferment past that seven days will go to a uh, an astringent flavor yeah and uh this i'll come back to in just a moment is the ideal conditions to grow your own scoby if you want to grow one from scratch if nice. you just pull the original scoby out put it in another jar and start another batch you can uh, let this grow its own scoby for a friend, hmm. which, which I'll nice. come back to. Cool. Because he's got a jar of them on my counter waiting for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're friends. Hooray. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> All 
All right. So then, what, what did we get up to? What's next, Steve? Uh, so I'll, I'll, with the uh, with the method, uh, a few more points left. Um, you might see some brownie dangly bits hanging underneath the uh, scoby yeah. um, yes, on do. the on the underside, <laughs> um, and this is perfectly natural. It doesn't mean that your scoby's gone bad or that it's decaying at all. It's just the way that it grows. It's kind of a bit jellyfish like, isn't it? Like it does look. Yeah, yeah, that's coming yeah, up. That's it. That's the, yeah, that child between the squid and the flounder. <laughs> um, once uh, once you can butcher brews ready as I say it'll have a slight astringent smell Um, this is when you want to get your bottles ready get your plastic strainer and your funnel uh, strain it into the uh, bottles and uh, you want to leave a little bit of space at the top similar to the space that you would see on commercially available fizzy drinks Um, that sort of you know inch or inch and a half uh, it's very important that you leave aside that 100 mils per one litre uh, of kombucha because that'll be your starter liquid for the next batch that you make. Uh, and uh, basically, once your kombucha's in your bottles, chuck it in the fridge and enjoy. Cool. Nice. So you may be going to get to this anyway, but the next next batch that you do, you that 100 mils that you've reserved of the liquid plus the big rubbery bit of scoby goes into the next lot of brewed tea that where we started. Sweet. And you just cool. start again. And, you know, you go through that process. And I've got to be honest, it sounds kind of complicated. Like, when you explained it to me the first time, I was thinking, this seems like a lot of hard work. Like, it seems full on. But then I you actually do it. I out of one ear trying to adjust people. Yeah, yeah. Going, I'm missing it. I'm missing it. <laughs> and then you kind of do it. And you go, actually, that wasn't too bad. Like, that's actually pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward, really. Like, it sounds like a lot of work, but it's actually super easy. It is super easy. And all I do these days now is just leave the SCOBY uh, in the jar. I tip the liquid out into my bottles and I just leave the scoby in the original jar with a little bit of that liquid still left over so yeah. that's sitting there ready and then yeah. all you need to do is brew up your new batch of tea with your sugar and your tea yeah. wait for it to come down to room temperature pour that back into your original jar that you've got your starter liquid in already and then just top it up with water and give it a mix and away you go yeah Fabulous. and some people do do that as like a continuous ferment as well so they have like a little jar with a tap on it that they can pour it out and you know I, I've been looking into this I've been doing lots of research been way too much time on the internet looking for this because <laughs> but one thing we found was that well you can't have a metal tap because that obviously that affects the scoby and, and so in any metal you're not supposed to put metal spoons anything like that um, the plastic tap obviously you know plastic you don't necessarily want around your food all the time and particularly not with the fermentation going on because it does tend to denature the plastics you end up with even more perhaps plastic than usual into your food and so I was trying to find a jar with a glass tap and I, I kind of found a funky looking science experiment looking one but it wasn't quite right for what I wanted I don't think Beck would have liked it being on the counter at home <laughs> so that's why we decided to go for the you know the ongoing you know rather than the continuous ferment is the rebatching each time and so yeah, yeah I think that's kind of important and you know some people just bite the bullet and uh, it's a, it's like a sort of a silicon seal that they use for yeah. those taps with the plastic tap and uh, I think some people just bite the bullet and go for that for ease of ease of yeah. convenience really so what are some of the challenges that you kind of face doing this I know we've said it's easy but it sounds complicated there's got to be some pain points uh, you know, the biggest pain point for me has not been uh, the, the process of making it or getting a successful batch. The biggest challenge for me is uh, getting carbonation into the kombucha, <laughs> which uh, is something, that if I can, I'll briefly talk about yeah. what's called the second ferment. Um, so when you buy kombucha commercially, it is carbonated. Uh, I don't know whether they artificially do that or if it's part of the process as the second ferment. I was going to um, ask about that. But basically mm. what it involves is... Uh, 
at the end of the, the method there, I said that you put it into your bottles and chuck it into the fridge straight away. Uh, for the second ferment, what you can do is uh, put it into your bottles and leave a little bit of space to add uh, about two tablespoons of juice that you've made at home out of fruit, or uh, you can use dried fruit. I've just recently used like um, like 100% natural kind of roll up roll up fruits that have got no sulfur in, which is important as well. Uh, and if you can keep it as organic and, and sort of additive free, that's the best way to go. And what you do is you add this fruit juice or the dried fruit in, and you let these bottles actually continue to sit at room temperature for two days. And the lid must be airtight to create that pressure. You have to leave a bit of space at the top of your bottle. And uh, the theory goes that then at two days, um, you can put it in the fridge and when you pull it out from there, you undo the lid and uh, you'll get bubbles, uh, is the idea. Um, and I've really struggled to get this uh, and um, it's something I'm really working on. And uh, just be mindful as well, as you would know if, if you know anyone that's done a, a homebrew beer at home, that <laughs> if you put too much uh, sugar in there, that it may explode um, <laughs> as, as a bit of caution. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty the, much the biggest challenge. And uh, so you know, I, I've discovered that like brewing kombucha is kind of a bit like a pyramid selling scheme. Like, because what, <laughs> what happens is you end up with your kombucha, but then over time you can actually start to share that with your friends, can't you? Like, can you explain how that happens? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's there's two ways that you can go about sharing a scoby with a friend. And one of the things that you'll find as a common theme on the internet when you search up, which no doubt you're probably pretty interested in it, you, you'll jump onto the internet and find out how can I get a scoby. And it, <laughs> I've already uh, been asked by like numerous people. People like, can I get a scoby? Can I get a scoby? Yeah, it's and a lot, a lot of the places on the internet will say, just grab one from a friend. And if you're anything like any of us, before this, you would never have heard of it before. So you're like, <laughs> what friend can I approach? Um, so I'm going to share with you two ways to get a hold of a scoby. Um, number one is that annoying one. Uh, get it one off of a friend. And if you uh, know any of us, it's only a matter of time before uh, we will have uh, scobies to share. And if you have a paleo group, someone in the group yeah, will yeah. have one. Like we have a few people in our group who have been offering as well. So just post it on Facebook. You'll find someone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what happens is by your uh, second or third batch of uh, brewing kombucha, you'll notice that your SCOBY, as with uh, a good bacteria, will start to grow another layer on top and it will be a bit whitish. And uh, what you can do if you're careful uh, is maybe over one batch or over a couple of batch when, when you give it time to grow, is you can actually peel this layer off and then put it into a new jar with your starter liquid, brew up your tea and away you go. So um, that is how people who share SCOBYs actually have them available to give away to people. Um, that's the first way. You, the second way is to grab some starter liquid, which again, I've just realized is probably from a friend, so this doesn't help much either. <laughs> but uh, if you get some starter liquid uh, or some kombucha tea that has gone at seven days, it's at its fermentation process where it's ready to drink. If someone just pours... Uh, you know, half a litre or a litre or however much they can spare for you into your own jar and you put some cloth over that with a rubber band and just let it sit at room temperature, it'll start to grow its own SCOBY after one to two weeks. And this is what I actually did with Brett, um, where you just have to have the patience to, to let it sit. And then after that one to two weeks, you can actually handle this thing, pull it out and then start getting your own batches on the go. Just keeping in mind though, that that will be uh, pretty astringent, that liquid from that first batch. Yeah, and I've heard you can just buy the store-bought stuff and do that. 
I don't know if it's a hundred percent effective, but you could try, I guess. Yeah, you could give it a shot. I haven't. I wish I could say that I've done it myself. I'm not sure if uh, it's um, possible with uh, with commercially store bought stuff, uh, just so that you're you know not able to make your own at home. But uh, yeah, give it a shot. But, but you can buy the scobies and the starter liquid on the net, can't you? Like there's Correct. websites you can actually buy that and they send it out to you. God knows how they send it, but apparently yeah. you can. Yeah, they, they just vacuum seal it. I've seen it online, and you can just jump onto eBay and do a search, hopefully to get something locally um, or just do a Google search buy buy SCOBY locally or something like that in your city nice cool I've got another question so with the um, with the SCOBY so let's say your SCOBY goes bad like you said if it goes mouldy or whatever and you have to ditch it like what do you do then? Like, do you just start again? You just keep the liquid and start again, or do you have to completely ditch that liquid and find a friend yeah. again to get a scope? Yeah, you do. You do. You've got to chuck away the liquid so as to avoid that contamination. And uh, I've not experienced mold yet. Touch wood. Uh, so uh, it's um, the the thing is, is that kombucha tea has uh, anti sort of antibiotic properties in it, and the pH that it hangs around at doesn't really support too much of this stuff growing. So uh, if you've got uh, one that's gone mouldy, you're really want to if you can boil your container uh, get rid of anything that might be there and just start from scratch again mm-hmm. nice so i guess that means uh, sorry uh, we're probably probably running out of time here but does that mean that um early days if you're doing really well you should maybe split your crop yeah and then that way if, if one of them goes bad you've still got one hanging around that you can use i was just thinking that in my head that's what yeah. i reckon yeah you can you can do that um when you split that when you peel that first one off the top and it's important that if it's still stuck give it a little bit more time it shouldn't be too hard to peel away um that you want to give it uh, appropriate time to develop and thicken up uh with that first one that you peel off it might take about two weeks for it to be able to convert all the sugar that's in in your tea um and that you can get that from taste it and, and smelling it and so forth as well so but yeah I, I did the same I did a, a split and now I've got about three or four um, that um, I'm past that risk stage I just need to find someone to offload them to <laughs> no, we've all got our hands yeah, on exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, but so how much kombucha should someone be drinking uh, it comes in in just sort of 330 mil uh, bottles that you buy commercially um, I took one of my second ferment bottles to work the other day with one of those pop top uh, lids and it was a, a litre and uh, I just sort of sipped on that throughout the day without too much negative uh, impact but I would say an average good quality amount would be anywhere from you know 300 to, to 500 mils if you, if you really love this stuff. Yeah and it could um, I, I've read as well to start at lower doses and kind of let your stomach get a chance to adjust to it. Cause, Absolutely. Yeah you could I could you could maybe get an upset stomach a little bit from it if you're not used to it yeah you want to make sure you're not upsetting that uh, that balance of good good gut bacteria or even what could be bad in, in your stomach um, so just easing into it taking a responsible approach is is a really good idea awesome nice did you get all your questions answered, Brett? I think so. Think I've, got a whole, I've got a whole heap of notes here. I'm like, all right, I can't wait to get back to my little baby so I can start playing with it again. <laughs> <laughs> i got to go buy some jars, I think. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all right. Well, Steve, that's all the time we have for today. And that was awesome. I think of all of our episodes, this might be the one that gets the most replays. Because, <laughs> like every week, someone will have to go back and be like, okay, then what did Steve say to do next? Okay, let's keep going. 
Um, do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, I was going to say uh, it's really important in the early days to have a good support network of people who are kombucha brewers who can help answer your questions when you're freaking out. I saw the, the dark dangly bits under my scoby and I was like, oh my God, does this mean it's decaying? Is it no good now? <laughs> and um, a couple of resources that you can use is you can jump onto, obviously, Facebook. There are interest groups there if you just do a search for kombucha. Um, if you social network on Instagram, you can search the hashtag kombucha and find all the people who are brewing their own and ask them questions. It's a really great community. Um, or you can just uh, Google Google or YouTube is a really great one as well where people show you the process from start to finish that I've explained today as well. So uh, feel free to, to use those resources to get you sharpened up. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's so true. Like I know I've been calling and hassling Steve. Like Steve had to take like an early break at work the other day because he's like, I'll just <laughs> call you, all right? Stop with the questions. <laughs> oh man. Well, what I was going to say is that I'm sure some of our listeners already have their. I don't even know what to say. Scoby. Exactly. So you guys feel free to share any of your tips as well. Any um, Scoby pictures on Facebook. Yeah, pictures, everything <laughs> on Facebook because we can develop our community there as well. So until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help to grow the Paleo Tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out here. You know that your health is a direct reflection of your peer group, right? So have you thought about bringing a group of people to our Melbourne Wellness Summit? your colleagues, your friends, or your family. We've got great packages for 10 or more people to the summit, which will be held at Crown in Melbourne on Saturday, August 17. It's going to be 10 hours of powerhouse wellness featuring my Wellness Guys teammates, of course, the Up For A Chat girls, world-class exhibits, and loads more. For group discounts and to secure your spot, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com.